Today we're going to be talking about the fact that we are the body of Christ. I got to do this, sorry. <laughs> this is new for me, so please excuse me. <laughs> we're trying. Well, I wanted to start off by saying, you know, we live in such a great country. Can you say amen to that? You know I like to have feedback. Because if you're not saying amen or praise the Lord or uh, yes, that's right, or something, then I feel like I'm just talking to myself. (laughs) So I'd like to hear you respond, then I know you're getting something, right? Amen. (laughs) It's not just all about me. Thank God. But anyway, you know, we are in a country where we have a lot of freedoms that other people don't have. And we as an individual, we have more opportunities and we can become anything, basically, that we want to if we are diligent and really go for it because we have that freedom because we are individuals, right? We're not all doing exactly the same thing. We're all different, right? I want you to look at somebody and say, you're different than I am. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God. <clears throat> Thank God we're different, right? Well, we sh- since we live in this country, we should be very grateful and thankful. Every day of our life, we should thank God that we have those freedoms. And we should take advantage of them, right? Because we never know how long we have them, right? But uh, we can always be free in our hearts, right? It doesn't matter even if you're locked up in a jail. (laughs) You can be free in your heart. Amen? Amen? If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've made him your Savior and Lord, then you are free. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Hey, you guys are doing real good. (laughs) All right. You know what? Even though we're individuals, we find most people want to belong to something. And, you know, even people that you know, are loners or like to be by themselves, they still want to connect with something or someone. And you know what? It's been made so easy today that we can connect with others and never leave our house. Do you believe that? How many different ways can we connect? And, uh, you know, we got the phone. We've had the phone for a long time. Now we've got the Internet. 
We've got all kinds of ways that we can reach out. So none of us have an excuse of not talking to somebody, even if it's with your fingers. Not, I don't do that so good, but <laughs> I'm good with the mouth. <laughs> Praise God. So uh, we all are trying to find or search for something, right? Uh, we find that people make a hobby of searching ancestry. Well, why do we do that? We might find somebody of significance that we can relate to, and that somehow makes us significant, doesn't it? Because they are in our family tree. Some individuals you may not want to connect with, but <laughs> that's what people are searching for. Who do we belong to? Who is part of our group, right? Now, you'll find a lot, if you watch teenagers, are we got any teenagers in here? Teenagers like to dress like others, go to things together, be included in one another. Why? They're finding significance with their age and their group. And sometimes they, to me, they come out with some strange looking hairstyles. Of course, they might, right now, mine might look a little strange. But, you know, adults are the same. We try to wear clothes or uh, act a certain way when we want to be included or associated with certain people. You know, business people will dress up with their business suit. <laughs> and then others are, oh, I'm free, you know, so they're free. <laughs> but anyway, that's because we want to be included. Nobody wants to be alone, even though there are loners. They're still wanting to connect to somebody, usually. I can't say that for everybody, but most of the time. It's born into us. Why? We want to be, have something, we want to have a part of something that's greater than ourselves, right? Just by ourselves, we can think all kinds of thoughts about ourselves. And we might think, oh, well, I'm not very significant. But when we're with a group and there's people that believe alike or, or act alike, then we're significant, right? Well, you know what? That's okay, because God made us that way. Ah, did you know God made us that way? He wanted us to fellowship with one another. We're going to start out by reading Genesis 2, 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. 
I will make him a helper comparable to him. I want you to notice here that he said, I'm going to make him a helper that's comparable. They were supposed to be side by side, equal, helping one another. They were comparable. They were, it wasn't like one up here, one down here. No, God made Eve from the side of Adam that they would be equal. Anyway, um, that was his intent from the beginning. You know, Adam had named all those animals and nothing looked like him. <laughs> he was searching. It's like, oh, I'm getting kind of lonely here. <laughs> These guys don't look like me. <laughs> and that's when God said, it's not good that man be by, my, by himself. I think he needs somebody. <laughs> don't we all? So he made us that way. He wanted us to have somebody. We, he wanted us to connect with somebody. And you know what? He came and fellowshiped with them too. He didn't leave them there by themselves. He came and he fellowshiped with them. Uh, even God, who is one, has three parts. Now, isn't that interesting? God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see this many times through the scriptures. But we want to read the one that shows it the clearest, Mark 1, 9 to 11. And this is when Jesus was just getting ready to start his ministry. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we see Jesus the Son getting baptized, declaring his faith, and then God looks down the Father and says, you're my beloved son. I'm very pleased with you. And here comes the Holy Spirit just fluttering down like a dove and sitting on him. Well, now it says like a dove. He didn't say he was a dove. Of course, we see a dove in our mind. But the Holy Spirit was, is gentle like a dove. And so that's how it shows us. So, there's three in one. Okay, so then, God made us like him. He made us a three-part being. We're going to read that in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
This is a blessing that God is speaking to us through the Apostle Paul. This is for us, but it shows us we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So you see, spirit is first. That's who we really are. You're not this body. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank God this body doesn't really represent us. Amen? (laughs) This body gets a little old and one day will pass away. But God's going to give us a new one. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, I want us to read Matthew 18, 20. And this is interesting here. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Notice he says, in my name. If you are calling on the name of Jesus, he's right there. Amen. Amen. He says, I'm in the midst of them. Well, Jesus wants to be included. Amen? So if you're coming together like we are here, guess what? He's right here. (laughs) You got it. Right answer. (laughs) He's right here. And on top of that, he never leaves us or forsakes us. That's a promise, right? So even if you think you're all alone, I'm all by myself. Look inside. (laughs) He's right there with you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. So Jesus wants to be included. And then we see that Jesus always did what the Father told him to do. John 8, 29. And he who sent me, this is Jesus talking, is with me. So God is with Jesus. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. He was always in communion with the Father. And so we know if Jesus is with us, God's, the Father's with us, right? And we know that God the Father sent the Holy Spirit after Jesus left us bodily. So we've got the Spirit that's here with us all the time. Thank God is right. Hallelujah. Well, when Jesus died and he went to heaven, then he was made the head of the church. All of us is considered the church, and we are considered the part of the body of Christ. Have you all heard that? We're part of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. Guess what? We have significance. 
We're part of something. Amen? Even though we're individuals, we're part of something greater than ourselves. Amen? So that's who we should really identify with, right? No matter who we are, what profession we have, no matter what we're doing, we should identify first the fact that we are part of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Ah, so even though we're part of the body, we still are individuals, right? There's no two of us alike. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Even if you're a twin and you look like somebody else, you're not the same. (laughs) You might have similarities, but you're not the same. (laughs) You're your own person. Now we're going to go back up to verse 12 in this same chapter, and we're going to read through this. For as the body is one and has many members, it's talking about this physical body, okay? This physical body is one. We're one body, right? But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. We have a lot of things that go into making up this body, don't we? So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, the body of Christ. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, no matter what part of the country or the world you come from, (laughs) we have all been made to drink into one body. Spirit. Amen? Amen. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. I want you to really get this today. (laughs) The body is not just one member, but there's many of us that are included in that body. Now, if the foot should say, Because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? What do you think about that? Think if the foot should say, "Eh, I'm not significant, so I'm not part of the body. Hmm. We'll talk some more about that later. And if the ear should say, because I'm not and I, I'm not part of the body. Is it therefore not part of the body? Now, if the whole body were an eye, now that is interesting. The whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? 
Just think, if you're an eye, you could look at a rose, but you couldn't smell it. You could see a bird, but you couldn't hear it sing. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. Oh, you mean the members don't get to choose? (laughs) Who's the head? Okay. So he chooses, right? So he chooses what part we are. Now, if they were all one member, where would the body be? (laughs) We wouldn't have a body. We'd just have a, a piece, a something, whatever we pick. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Every one of those parts. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. I want you to think about this for a minute. There are parts in our physical body that we can't see, right? But just because we can't see them, does that make them less important? Ask a diabetic if a a pancreas is important or if insulin's important. Right? That's an easy example. That there should be no schism in the body, no division in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. We should all care for one another no matter what part they have, whether you think you can see them or not. And if one member suffers, what do we do? We, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice. Amen? Now you, that's each one of us, everybody that's watching online, Whoever is in, accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. There's no one just like you. Nobody can take your place. Amen? Amen. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We're all an individual. 
You can't be somebody else. I'm sorry. Just wishing it is not going to make it happen. <laughs> Say, well, I don't like that part. I think I'm going to do this part. Well, guess what? God is the one who sets us in our place, right? He knows what's best for us. Now we're going to go up to the 11th verse. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He's the great I am. He's the one that sees all things. He knows what's best. Amen? And you can pray, and sometimes you can be, you know, as you mature, you know, this is one thing about the body of Christ. It's not like our human body where we can only be one thing forever and ever and ever and ever. But with the body of Christ, as we grow and mature, if he wills, he can promote us or give us another position. So don't think that, uh, do I have to clean bathrooms all my life? Do I have to sweep the floor all my life? No, but God, promotion comes from the Lord. So you may be janitor one day and God decides, you know what? You've been faithful. I think I'll give you another job to do now. So that's where we can rejoice that just because we are something doesn't mean we have to be that way forever, but it's still not our choice, right? He sets us in place as he wills. Now we're going to read Ephesians 4, verses 14 through 16. Are you getting anything? I know we've all heard this, but sometimes we just need to really think about it. Sometimes we forget. We have to be reminded. Now this was just talking about God putting gifts into the body of Christ and so they would teach us and all that and why that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceit plotting but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And it causes growth for the 
of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This tells us that we each have a share, each have a part to play. Well, if there's no one just like us, how can they do our part the way God would have us do it? If somebody else has to do it because you're not doing it, it's not going to be exactly the same, is it? It's going to be different. It's going to have a different flavor. I don't speak like Pastor Jim. And Pastor Jim doesn't do some of the crazy things that I do. But it all adds flavor, right? It all makes us an individual. And the job gets done, right? So God sets each one of us in place. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12. says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. This verse I've always loved, but I must say that I understand it even more right now. Since I've had cataract surgery, (laughs) everything looks brighter. Everything looks clearer. The colors are so vivid. It's like a whole new world. I'm still getting used to it. (laughs) And that's the way we are. Now, we don't understand why God does things the way he does. Why does he pick us to do a certain thing and somebody else to do something else? Why does he give us certain giftings when something else looks so much better? Well, when we get to heaven, we're going to see him face to face And then we're going to know, right? We're going to know everything in detail about who we are, just like he knows us. And then we can rejoice and say, thank God (laughs) I didn't try to do that other. (laughs) That really wasn't my personality. But God knows how to put us into the body, right? Now, 1 Corinthians 10, 23 to 24. Now, I just wanted to say that when we are born again, we're under a new covenant, right? Amen. Amen. Well, under the new covenant, it says, all things are lawful for me. 
but not all things are helpful. You mean I can do anything I want, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. See, we can do a lot of things, and it's not going to take us out of the kingdom of God, but it can sure make a difference in how we live here. It's not good for us to do things that we know we shouldn't do because it hinders us. It keeps us from being able to grow and mature. And as we grow and mature, then more is added to us. Amen? Amen. And then we can give out to others. Did you know that you can give out to others even if you're brand new? That's what is so amazing. We can, we can become an adult, but all along the way, we can be giving. Have you ever seen a little child in their exuberance running and, and giving a hug to someone? Well, what does that do for you? Doesn't that make you feel good if some little kid sees you and wants to come and hug you? Wants to say hello to you? Oh, well, that's nice. You can, we get a little extra love pat, right? <laughs> so it doesn't matter how far along we are. We have something to give. We're all part of the body of Christ. Amen. I've been hearing a few amens. <laughs> So God has given us the best identity of all. We are the body of Christ on this earth. He is the head, and each one of us has a part to do in the body. Our service or giving should be from a grateful heart, right? To an awesome Lord (laughs) who is our head. Amen? So we should revere him, honor him, know that he's all wise. Amen? Amen. The head directs the body. So our thoughts should be, how can I help the body? Not, what can I get out of the body? I just say that because, you know, there's a lot of people that think, that churches are there just so they can go and fleece them. But the body is not that way. The body is giving. But we should all be thinking, what can I do to give? How can I help? What's my part? Let God show you. And if you don't really know, you can always go to Pastor Jim and Shelly and say, hey, I want to help, but I don't know what to do. I bet you they can find something for you to do. 
And a lot of times, it's just your smile, just your hug, just your, hey, how are you doing? I'm really concerned about you. And so that's what we bring. No, it's kind of like a potluck meal. Anybody knows what a potluck meal is? And that's my terminology from years ago. I don't know what you call them today. But everybody brings something, right? Usually they're not saying, oh, you bring this, you bring this. Sometimes there's organized people that do that. But usually a potluck is whatever's in the pot, you bring it, right? <laughs> so you bring it. So it should be that when you come to a potluck meal, it's like, ah, we bring our stuff. Everybody gets to try out somebody else's food and see if they like it, if they don't, whatever. See if they want that recipe or not. It shouldn't be, um, I want to go and eat, but I don't want to bring anything. Well, you know, sometimes we don't bring anything, and that's okay on occasion. But if that's the way we make our life, then something's wrong, isn't it? We should be giving. So when we come to the house of the Lord, and we're coming together as a body, it should be, what can I do? What can I give? What can I help? Is there anything? My identity is here. What can I do? It shouldn't be one individual or two individuals doing. We're all the body of Christ. I want to read Colossians 1.10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, as we do and give, we're increasing in the knowledge of God. We don't realize it, that as we give, we get, right? The more you give out, the more you get. That's God's, the way he works. It's not, I get and then give, no, it's I give what I have, and God gives and multiplies back to me. So I want you to realize everyone is an individual, and each one is valuable to the Lord and to his body. Now, as usual, I should say, I've got some examples. <laughs> so put up with me. So first of all, I've got some pictures here. I don't know how well you can see this from back there, but can you see what that is? An eye. Hopefully online you can see that. They can make it real big. <laughs> That's one of the things that's good about being online. Make it big. Well, this eye, to me, looks very beautiful. I think it's a, a nice eye. See how many parts are to this eye? 
Well, there's eyelashes, there are eyelids. I'm not going to try to name all the parts. It's been too long for anatomy. But we know, you know, each one has a part to play in this eye. The pupil will contract if it's real bright, right? So not so much light is going in. And when it's real dark, oh my goodness, it expands and gets big to let more light in so we can see in the dark. I know you've all experienced this. You can be in a dark room, and after your eyes adjust, all of a sudden you can see some things in there. But like I said, this eye is not much use if it takes in all the information, but then it's got to send it to the head, to the brain. And then that, that's what interprets it so that we know what we're seeing, right? Okay, well, wouldn't it be funny if we were all an eye, huh? What's this? Ah, you can see that. I think it's a pretty good-looking ear. You think that? Nicely formed. That ear collects sound, doesn't it? And it funnels it right down to the eardrum and those little bones in there that make sound, uh, collect the sounds. But guess what? It still has to send it to the brain to interpret it, doesn't it? So what good is it all by itself without the head? It's not. This one might be a little harder for you to see, but can you see what that is? Maybe you can see my hand. My hand's better, bigger. Well, something interesting about this hand. We can move it a lot, can't we? Did you know there's three major types of bones in the hand. Now, if you don't know, I was a nurse for many years, so you're getting an anatomy lesson. <laughs> so I had to look up some of it. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> but there's three major types of bones in this hand. Um, the fingers are called phalanges. So, how many bones do you think are in all these fingers? And you're counting the thumb. Somebody tell me. How many bones are in that? Anybody got an idea? Shout it out so I can hear you. I think I heard a 14. Who said 14? Ah, you're right. <laughs> 14, because there's three in each of the fingers and two in the thumb, right? Okay, now, the palm of the hand, the back of the hand, are called the metacarpal bones. How do you, how many bones do we have in that? Anybody know? Five, that's right. Okay, now, the wrist joint is called the carpal bones. Uh, 
how many bones do we have in that wrist? Anybody else know? I haven't heard the right number yet. Nobody wants to guess? Somebody said nine. I think I got eight here. Or is it nine? Eight. Eight bones in the wrist. That's a lot of working parts, right? Now, you can't see all those bones, can you? If your skin is real thin, you might see a faint. <laughs> okay, can you tell me what else goes into making up this hand? You guys have got to be quick. <laughs> Come on, let's go fast, fast. Like, huh? Fingernails. Okay, what else? Huh? Muscles? Ligaments? What else? Skin. Huh? Veins? Yeah, blood vessels. Um, let me see. So that. And joints, huh? All the bone, bones come together with joints. That's a lot of parts, wouldn't you say, just in the hand? Just to make the hand move. Okay, so did you know that no two fingerprints are the same? I think most of us know that. Not only is each one of these fingerprints different, there's no one in the world that has the same fingerprint. Right? That's how unique we are. Amen. So, tell me what happens if you hit your thumb with a nail. I mean a hammer. Ah, nail would be worse. If you hit your thumb with a hammer, okay, what happens? Ouch. So the mouth says something, doesn't it? What else? Swelling. Pain. What does the hand do? It pulls back, doesn't it? It gets that thumb away from that painful situation. It protects it, right? You see where I'm going? If something in the body is hurting, we protect it. That whole hand will grab it. Our eyes going to look at it. We're going to see what's going on. Our mouth is going to be definitely saying something. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> what happens if something on this hand decides to stop working? Doesn't it make it harder? You ever try holding a pin with 
say three fingers? It's a little more difficult, isn't it? Every part, every part has a different function. And if a part is missing, that even makes it harder. Okay, that, that finger's missing, well, that makes it really hard. So, we see how important each and every part is. That is part of the body. <clears throat> a little bit more <laughs> talking about the human body. Did you know there's 11 systems in the human body? Okay, there's the integumentary <laughs> system. Anybody know what that is? Skin. That's the biggest organ we have. It covers everything, the skin. There's a skeletal system, all your bones and everything that goes with that. The lymphatic system, the respiratory system, the digestive system, the nervous system, the endocrine system, the cardiac system, the urinary system, and the reproductive system. So each system has multiple components, right? I hope this isn't boring you. <laughs> but there are approximately 100 trillion cells in our body. Can you believe that? Wow. A hundred trillion. And there's 200 or more different types of cells. And there are 80, at least 80 known organs. Is each one important? Do we decide, oh, I don't need that anymore? Sometimes we think, ah, oh, don't need that part. We can just get rid of it. But who are we to, to say, hey, I don't need that part. God thought we needed it. Even something like the appendix. We don't know what it's for, do we? I don't know. At least when I was nursing, I didn't know. But anyway. So I have asked... <laughs> Joe and Amber to come and help me demonstrate something for you. And then we're going to be going. <laughs> I thank you for being such willing participants. <laughs> Joe, you can stand over here. Can you? <laughs> you got room? <laughs> <clears throat> you can be over here if you want. You're fine? <laughs> I have two bodies here, don't I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so they, uh, the ear doesn't want to be part of the body, so we're just going to cover up that ear. He doesn't have an ear now. 
She doesn't have an ear. Uh, now the eye says, I don't want to be part. So we got to cover up our eye. They say, oh, there's two there. The other one can take care of it. <laughs> okay, you can. Yeah. All right. Now the hand says, I don't want to be part of the body. I'm tired of doing all the work. I'm just going to. I'm not going to be part of the body anymore. There's another hand. That the other hand can do it. <laughs> well, now, <clears throat> keep your hand behind your back. <laughs> now, the foot says he doesn't want to be part. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to get rid of your foot. Because <laughs> there's another foot there. So I think the foot, the other foot can take care of it. I'm not going to make you hop. <laughs> well, what if both feet decide they don't want to be part of it? <laughs> well, the knees can take care of it, right? They don't, can't do as good of a job, can they? I bet you they can't run as fast. Well, <laughs> give them a hand. That's all I'm going to ask them to do. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, sometimes we need a visual just to see. Okay. Yeah, it really does make sense that we all have a place. We ha all have a purpose. And God has chosen something wonderful for us. Each part is so unique and so wonderful. And I just want you to go away with that today, knowing that you have significance. You are important. If, if you are missing from work, doesn't the, uh, the rest of them have to go and make up the slack? I mean, everybody knows with COVID, if, <laughs> if half of the staff is out because of some stupid bug, well, how does the rest do it? Well, they get by somehow, maybe. <laughs> but God is so faithful. You know, he will help us do our job. He will help us love our job. He will help us to know that he needs us. Did you know God needs us? He made us. Would you think he... He does, Jesus doesn't do anything on the earth now. He does it through the body. So if we don't do our part, the job's not getting done. But one day he's coming, and he's going to take us all home. And we're all going to be rewarded for what we did. Thank God. 
Sometimes we think our jobs are a thankless job, but he's watching and he's taking account and he's going to give to us.